0: How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse 6 there, when Jesus said, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, have become perhaps the most controversial verses um, in our Bible in these days. Because of the way our society is going, and it denies that there's only one way to God. In fact, it denies there is a God. Um, these verses are quite controversial. If you as a Christian were to go into a Bradford City Centre, perhaps, on a busy day, and start declaring that people need to come to Jesus to get to heaven, um, there will be people shouting you down, that's for sure, and say you're being very narrow-minded. And yet, that is what Jesus himself said and I just want us to consider this thought this evening Just going to go through this a little bit because it's a it's a subject that uh, we need to know about you know to ask the question is Jesus the only way to heaven if you guys were all to say yes amen and then we went home we would think that's enough you would hope that that's enough but why do we believe that why is that true why do we still have to declare that to our world in spite of the fact that the world hates that message. Uh, Jesus is the only way to heaven. There's only one way. But I want us to think briefly this evening about why. I'm going to ask three why questions. First of all, why is Jesus the only way to heaven? Such a controversial statement. It's the first why we're going to consider this evening. The second is, is this. Why do Christians believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Why do we believe that? Is it important that we believe that and hold to that? And the third why is this. Why is it that only Jesus can get a person into heaven? So we're going to just consider those three things this evening. And hopefully uh, some of this stuff will equip us better to respond uh, to the culture around us and the questions we may get asked. So here's the first thing. Why is Jesus the only way to heaven? Such a controversial statement. Well I want to suggest that it's always been a controversial statement. You know, in these days, if we say, look, you've got to go through Jesus, Jesus is the only way, which means Islam is wrong, Buddhism is wrong, Hinduism is wrong, Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong, Mormons are wrong, all oh, you guys are wrong, you've got to go through Jesus alone. That's quite a controversial statement today. But it was right back there in the beginning as well. In the, in the early church, those early Christians were declaring the same thing that you need to put your faith in Jesus alone. And you remember right back then as well, uh, they had problems with the, the occupying forces, which were Roman. And as Paul spread his message of Jesus uh, throughout uh, sort of Italy and, and, and up to Greece and into Turkey and all those areas, were people, these Christians were maintaining, you might have gods that you follow. You might have a god that you follow. It might be an unknown god that you follow. But you need to know Jesus. He's the one. And the Romans were really keen on trying to get these Christians to say, no, Caesar is Lord. Not Jesus is Lord, Caesar is Lord. And if you didn't say that, you could lose your life. But these guys right back then stood on that statement, Jesus is Lord, and many of them lost their life because of that. And I want us to think about that for a moment, because in the society we're living in right now, to say Jesus is Lord, Jesus is the only way, is coming to a point now where you can get in a trouble for saying that. You can get in a trouble for saying that in your place of work, on the streets, to other people of other religions. And it might cost us something to start making that statement. But make that statement we must. Because it's always been the statement of Christianity. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the only way to heaven. So why is it such a controversial statement today? Well, I've already mentioned a few things, but here's one of the reasons. Because we're living in a society where all truth is relative. But way back then as well, in those early days for those early Christians, it was a similar situation. There was something called religious pluralism. People had all their different gods and different beliefs and they all tried to live together. But these Christians are coming along and saying, no, actually, there's only one way and it's Jesus. But we today say all truth is relative. That, what that means is whatever you believe to be true is true. It doesn't matter how crazy it is, how ridiculous it may seem, how it goes against science and, and it goes against sort of academia, it goes against common sense, No, if you say something's true and you believe it to be true, then it's true. And so all truth is relative. So what that has led to is this. Exclusivity is out. What do I mean by that? Well, what it means is anybody that says there's just one way or there's one religion or there's only one God, anyone saying these things, that's out. That's not in today. You're kind of some kind of bigot if you say those things. You're some kind of fanatic if you say those things, so exclusivity is out and inclusivity is in. So let's just all have a big jolly up, and let's all just meet together and join together. And sadly, some Christians are falling for that. You know, it's bad enough. I think some of the churches together stuff. You know, there's some some churches that are not quite with it with it really biblically, and meeting with some of those guys. But at least you say, well, they're pro- they're a professing Christian church. But we're being pushed more and more to see multi-faith as the way to go. And so we can meet with people of all faiths, of all beliefs, because all those roads will ultimately lead to God. What's going on in our world? Just watch this video clip. It should uh, disturb you a little bit, hopefully. That's woke you up now, hasn't it? Um, Let's see what you think of this.
1: There was recently a story about a 52-year-old father of seven who now self-identifies as a 6-year-old girl. What do you think of that? Man, I think
0: it's interesting.
1: I've actually never heard of someone identifying as a different age. I guess I shouldn't, you know, judge, you know, cuz everybody, you know, has their own like identity and stuff. liberated me and i don't have to act my age and by not acting my age i don't have to deal with the reality that was my past i don't have to think about adult stuff i still drink coffee and drive a car right even my tractor but i still drive the tractor as a little kid i drive my car as a little kid our culture is so unwilling to define boundaries so afraid of being perceived as judgmental that they won't even recognize simple traits like age, sex, or skin color as unchangeable. If I were to say, I feel black, does that make me black? Not necessarily, it doesn't. I believe you just are what you are. I don't think you really become or be anything.
0: I don't think so because that's a biological law. There should be a difference between mental state and biological appearance.
1: If a 65 pound woman came up to me and said, I'm fat. The kind, compassionate thing to do is to help her see herself in a way that conforms to reality. So is there any limit to what somebody can self-identify as? If you can find the resources to be the thing you wanna be, you can do that. We're not, we're not ready for that. We are just now um, becoming more aware of social issues in regards to how you identify. If I identify as a 65-year-old, can I draw social security? If I say I feel like a Native American, do I qualify for Native scholarships? If I identify as a paraplegic, can I get one of those little handicap decals for my car? The real problem is that people don't want to deal with reality. I was never allowed to be a little girl, so I'm filling that tank of little girl experiences. It's easy, it's innocent, it's like just play. Everything becomes a game. Everything I imagined couldn't happen is happening.
0: What's going on what is going on it's just absurd isn't it you know it not too long ago that a man who was going to leave his wife and it did it say it had seven children wife and seven children because they believe they're a six-year-old girl would have got psychiatric help not being affirmed in them being a six-year-old girl and I think if he is a six-year-old girl and he wants to be identified as a six-year-old girl he shouldn't be driving his car you take it away from him yeah, you know, old enough to drive. So you know having you your cake and eat it, mate. But isn't it interesting what that guy said as well? I thought this myself. You know that if you if you sort of self-identify as disabled, you could get a disabled parking badge. That's the way it's going, it's crazy, isn't it? What are they gonna say to me if I say well I'm disabled? You know, if someone went into a doctor's surgery and said, Look, I don't like having two legs. I think I should only have one leg. And there's nothing wrong with my leg, it's perfectly healthy and no would that doctor sign something to say, I can have my leg chopped off? They wouldn't, would they? But all this stuff, people are going in saying, well, I, I'm a girl, I was born a girl, but I think I'm a man, or vice versa, or I think I'm a six-year-old child, or I think I'm a dog, or I think, whatever it might be, it's just absolute madness. And we know it's madness. And I don't have to stand here as a Christian to say this stuff is madness. Surely you think the world would see this and say, this is madness, but he doesn't seem to be doing that you've got all these young students and that was a us video of course but the students would be the same over here saying you're not allowed to judge anyone you know you can be whatever you want to be apart from that which is true which is just ridiculous isn't it so what is going on Um, this so this is what people are saying there's no such thing as absolute truth There's no such thing as absolute truth. And then you've got to ask the question, is that the absolute truth? It's a nonsense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. And I think what we're going to find happening, praise God, is a lot of this stuff is going to start turning in on itself. And they're going to start shooting themselves in the foot with this stuff because it's just going to go too far. But that's the reality we're living in. And so if we say Jesus is the only way, they will say, no, you're wrong. You can't possibly be the only way. It seems that this is true in today's society. You're free to believe whatever you want, but if you believe Jesus is the only way to heaven, you are bigoted and narrow-minded. So we've got a society that's saying, look, you are free to be who you want, but you're not allowed to be a Bible-believing Christian. You're free to be what you want, but you're not allowed to be a Bible-believing Christian. You know, you can't have views on on gender and sexuality, biblical views. You can't have those things. But we live in a society that's tolerant and we can hold whatever view we want. And they're the most intolerant people. It is a crazy, crazy world. Here we've got uh, Oprah Winfrey. She says this, One of the biggest mistakes humans make is to believe that there's only one way. There are many diverse paths leading to what you call God. She would self-identify as a Christian, would Oprah Winfrey. Well, no, you're not. You're not a Bible-believing Christian when you're making statements like that. Now, I want to say that this statement is true. There are many ways to God. I want to say that statement is true. But this statement also true. But there's only one way to heaven. Because regardless of what anyone believes... We will, and everyone will, stand one day before God. Our lives will lead us to God, but it will lead us to judgment. And when we get before God and we're judged, the question's going to be asked is, did you trust in my son Jesus? Because Jesus said, he alone is the only way to the Father. So did we trust in Jesus? So I often say to people if we're talking about this, you're right, there are many ways to God, and they think I'm agreeing with them. And say, well, no, but there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Christ. And so we find that the order of the day is this, religious pluralism. It's the belief that all religions are true, all roads lead to heaven, all the sincere will be saved. And that's nonsense, and it breaks this law of non-contradiction. What is the law of non-contradiction? It's this, contradictory statements cannot both be true in the same sense at the same time. Contradictory statements cannot both be both true in the same sense and at the same time. So if 2 plus 2 is 4, and that is true, 2 plus 2 is 7 can't also be true. They can both be wrong, people might argue, but you can't say they're both true. It breaks the law of non-contradiction. So let's think back again about all religions are true. Let's just show this from the Bible. Jesus On the cross says this, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He's speaking from the cross. We as Christians believe, the Bible teaches, Jesus died on the cross. But this is what it says in the Quran, in Surah 4157. It says, they said in boast, we killed Christ, Jesus, the son of Mary, the apostle of God. But they killed him not, nor crucified him. But so it was made to appear to them. And those who differ about this are full of doubts, with no certain knowledge, but only conjecture to follow. For of certainty, they killed him not. Those two statements cannot be both true in the same sense at the same time. Either the Bible's true or the Quran's true. We're not singing from the same hymn sheet when we meet with people of other religions. We're not. So we can't just join together and say everything's rosy and we'll all get to heaven one day. Whatever society tells us, that is not true. So the first thing we thought about there is why is Jesus the only way to heaven? Such a controversial statement. The second thing is this. Why do Christians believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Well, let's just think about a few things. This is uh, called the the Shema from the Old Testament the Jews recite this. It's really important to them. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Bible is very clear that there is only one God. The Bible also tells us in the Old Testament as well that God chose only one nation from amongst all the nations, uh, the Jews. We also know that we have one scripture, the Bible. The people say we've got lots of scripture and all these others in no There's only one Bible. And we find also, the Bible tells us, and Jesus himself said, there's only one way, and that's through Jesus. One. One God. One people, which we know is spread out now to the Gentiles as well. We're one church. One body of believers. One word of God. One way to heaven. And that's through Jesus. Jesus said this, I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. You know, when people that really don't know the Bible, just sort of maybe nominally Christian or not even Christians, when they think of heaven, they have this idea of like pearly gates. Don't they? You've got to go through the pearly gates. Maybe Peter will be there with his records to decide whether you're in or not. That's sort of the image they have. But Jesus doesn't talk about pearly gates. He talks about himself being the gate. And whoever enters through me will be saved. Can't enter any other way. It's got to be through Jesus. In Matthew seven thirteen and 14, what are we told? We are to enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Jesus, again, as the gate, it's a narrow way. He's coming to Christ. He's following his precepts. He's putting your hope and your your life in his hands and putting our faith totally in Jesus. And that's the narrow way, but there's a broad way. And we see all these people walking on it, believing that they're okay, believing that they're safe and ignoring what Jesus said. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The disciples believed this as well. They were preaching in the book of Acts 4.12. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. So no one's going to get into heaven following the name Muhammad. No one's going to get into heaven following the name Buddha. No one's going to get into heaven following Pope Francis whoever it might be, it's Jesus, it's only Jesus. Jesus preached that, his disciples believed that, and they preached it also. What is special about Jesus? Well, let us just think about this for a moment. What is special about Jesus? No other religious leader did what Jesus did. No other religious leader did the things that Jesus did. You can look at the life of all these leaders and founders of all these other religions but only Jesus is the one you find performing miracle after miracle after miracle. Jesus is the only one who died and rose again. He's the only one that's alive. We can go and visit the graves of many of these founders of these other religions. They're dead. They're still in there. But you go to the tomb of Christ, he's not there. He is risen. Jesus performed all kinds of miracles. He was more than just a mere man. He gave sight to the blind. He rose from the dead, and many other things we could talk about. What else? No the religious leader fulfilled prophecy like Jesus. The Bible is a prophetic book; it's full of prophecy, and there are numerous, hundreds of prophecy about Jesus, about his birth, about his life, about his death. There are just a few of them on the screen. There we are told in the Bible. I haven't got time to go in depth with all these, but before he was born, we knew he was going to be born of a virgin. We knew where he was going to be born, in Bethlehem. We knew he would be betrayed by a friend, sold for 30 pieces of silver, crucified with sinners, hands and feet pierced. He bore our sins, forsaken of God, soldiers cast lots for his garments, not a bone broken, rose from the grave. And there are many, many, many more if you wanted to look into that. He's different. He's a different quality of all these other leaders and founders of these other religions. Jesus alone is God he's the only one the only way and no other religious leader lived a perfect life without sin oh my goodness you've just got to look at the leaders and founders of these other religions and I'm not particularly to pick on Islam but Muhammad is an obvious uh, suspect when we think about this Um, his life was by no means perfect all that he did and said but Jesus Was perfect without sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him who knew no sin. To be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that great? That we're righteous. Not because of anything we do. But because of what Christ did. We get into heaven. Not because of anything we do or say. But because of what Christ did. And what he said. And he is the only way we follow him. Why is Jesus the only way to heaven? Such a controversial statement. We thought about that. Why do Christians believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven? We thought a little bit about that. And why is it that only Jesus can get a person to heaven? Is being sincere enough? I get asked this a few times, especially if I'm talking about cults like the JWs and the Mormons. Because they'll say, but these Jehovah's Witnesses, they're lovely people. They're so sincere. Well, they are, but they're sincerely wrong. They yeah. are. At Romans 10.1, the Apostle Paul talks about Israel, his own people. He says, I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And his prayer is that they would be saved. Paul didn't think they were saved just because they were zealous. No, zeal is not enough. Imagine, I've got a picture there of someone with a headache. But, you know, imagine that this guy thinks he's got a headache and he takes paracetamol, Maybe take something in Cocodomol, a bit stronger perhaps. And his headache's not going away and he goes to his doctor. His doctor's worried about it. He goes for an x-ray. He's told he's got a brain tumour. Uh, but he can't accept what the doctor said. So he goes home still believing he's got a headache and he continues to take paracetamol. He's sincere in what he's doing, but he's going to die. The doctor's warned him. He's told him yeah, you've got something that he's dealing with, something more severe that he's dealing with. He might be a really nice sincere guy but he's going to die and he's going to be foolish for not accepting what the doctor said and it's the same with people around us. They might say well I'm sincere, I'm a good person, I try my best. That's not enough, it's not enough. You need to take the remedy that's been offered to you and that is Jesus himself. You see the problem is That we have and why we need Jesus. The problem is sin. And sin is bad, friends. You know, today we, again, it's another one of those things. If you say to someone you're a sinner, well, that's a bad thing to call someone in today's society. But that's what the Bible says. We're all sinners. We have what Jesus said in John 14, 6. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by him. And what did Jesus do about sin? Well, he paid the penalty for sin, dying on the cross and rising again. No other leader or church founder, uh, sorry, uh, religious founder did that. And what did Jesus do next? Well, I've already mentioned he raised from the dead. And we find in all this, the Bible's very clear that Jesus is the only one who bore our sin. He's the only one who, who has dealt with the issue to get us to the Father. He is the only provision for sin. So you might want to go to your mosque and pray five times a day. You might want to go and knock at every door with your magazines. Uh, you know, you, you might want to sort of try and help people believing you're a good person. You might want to try all these different things. But ultimately, if you don't trust Christ, you're lost for eternity. So the Bible teaches us. And you've seen this little illustration before of the bridge between man and God. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. But the gift of God is eternal life. It's separation sincerity won't get you across the the gap doing good works will not get you across the gap they all fall short like we see here works religion money morality all those things will not get you across that gap there's only one who can get us across the gap and that is Jesus himself Jesus said I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me And when we come to Jesus, John 1.12 tells us what happens. As many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons and daughters of God, even to them that believe on his name. So friends, is what we've been thinking about, is Jesus the only way to heaven? Yes. Yes, he is. And we must stand on that fact, that biblical truth that Jesus said. And we won't be liked for it. People will disagree with us. And as I've already mentioned, we might come to a place where we're even arrested for it. Something crazy like that. But Jesus is the only way. Let us be like Roger Carswell. And maybe we need to carry traps around with us all over the place. And we're saying to people, look, come to Jesus. He's the only way of salvation. And pray that God would help us to bear fruit individually and as a church here at Sunridge Road. We're going to finish with a song together and uh, you've been sat down for two and a half hours listening to me. No, half an hour or something. So you can stand up to sing and we're going to sing together, Our God Reigns, after which I'll close in prayer. Let's stand. I think our God saves. Let's just pray, shall we? Father, we thank you that you are a saving God, that you're calling people to yourself through your son Jesus. And I pray, Lord, we will have eyes and ears to see those that you're drawing to yourself, Lord. Maybe people around us are asking questions, people in difficult times. May we be bold, Lord, in sharing Jesus with them. Lord, we'd be amazed at how you can work through us. Even our fumblings, our mumblings, maybe we feel we should do things better. Maybe we're afraid of talking to people about Jesus. But Lord, you're you're a faithful God and you will work through us. And we want to declare that Jesus alone is the the only way to heaven. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to have a boldness in these days to stand on that truth. That it's about Jesus alone. It's in Christ alone that we're saved. So Father, we pray now, Lord, as we continue in fellowship together. Pray, Lord, as we go from this place and we go into our week. Pray, Lord, wherever we find ourselves, we'll be mindful of a, a needy world around us. And a gospel that needs sharing. So Lord, help us to to do that, Lord. Help us to talk about Jesus. And bless all my friends here, brothers and sisters tonight. Whatever they're going through, if they're feeling unwell, difficulties in their family, in their workplace, uh, difficulties with uh, other things. Then Lord, I pray that they'll just keep their eyes on you, Jesus, this week. And you'll bring deliverance and healing into their lives. For it's in your precious name, Jesus, we ask all these things. Amen. Amen Thank you